historically on the church calendar, uh, as, as I mentioned, Epiphany is celebrated on January 6th, the 12th day of Christmas, just so happens to be on Sunday this year. And it, it's not necessarily a, a time to bring 12 drummers drumming to, uh, to church. One is, is good, right? One is enough. Um, it's not necessarily a time to sing through that whole song and uh, have, I don't know, there's birds and trees and, uh, anyway. Uh, typically, it's, it's the day that the, the church has commemorated uh, the, the coming of the wise men. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that story today. Uh, you probably know the story. These, uh, these Gentile scientists, not, not Jewish folks, but they're, they're Gentiles. They're scientists or astronomers or, or, or some have even uh, called them kings. Uh, they, they, they followed a star for a year, maybe two years, and it led them to marry Joseph and Jesus in Bethlehem. Uh, now, I, I, I want to make sure that, that we understand just a, a couple of things about this story because uh, I've, I've understood, or, uh, the, the more I, I, um, I, I preach and I lead and I teach, I, I realize that, that we, we show videos and we tell stories and, and we tend to embellish these things over time. And, and it's been, for, for many, many years, we, we say that there's always, there's three wise, how many wise men? Three wise men. But did you know that the Bible doesn't mention how many wise men? Wise men there were. It says wise men from the east came, and we're going to read it in just a minute. Uh, it talks about three gifts, but it doesn't say how many wise men. Now it says men, so it was more than one, but it could have been more than it could have been two, or it could have been more than three. Uh, we don't know. What Matthew saw is important as he tells this story in Matthew chapter two. Uh, wasn't so much the number of of people involved. But the, the important thing was a couple of things, the journey that they made and the gifts that they brought. Those things seem to be significant parts of the story. I'm sure that over the past couple of uh, uh, weeks, you've received and you've given many, many presents and gifts. Uh, some of you are wearing yours today, like I am. Uh, one, of, one of several new shirts that I'll be trying to break out over, over the next few Sundays so you can be impressed. Just kidding. I'm sure you won't. Um, Maybe you've already exchanged them, I don't know. Maybe you are planning on using it, using a gift card or something somewhere in the days ahead. Maybe whatever you got is now hanging on a wall or it's in a special plate, whatever the case might be. Uh, gifts are a pretty important part of, uh, of, of our Christmas celebrations. They say that December is the month when kids begin to discuss what to get dad for Christmas. Some insist on a shirt, others on a pair of socks, but the argument always ends in a tie. I heard a groan. That was good. Yes. I have just, that is, oh, that's good. I like the, good. Uh, here's, here's another one. Maybe you'll groan, maybe. No, I heard the story of a, of a husband who was not overjoyed one year when his wife gave him the gift of a, of a burial plot for Christmas. And then the next year, he was really disappointed when he received nothing from her, and he told her as much. He said, I, my feelings are hurt because you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. And she said, well, my feelings have been hurt all year long because you didn't use what I gave you last year. <laughs> oh, there we go. I hope that uh, your Christmas experience was a little better than, than those things. Um, Gifts are, are an important thing. Hopefully we, we think ahead, we plan, we think about the person, we think about what they, what they like, what they need, how we can show our love and appreciation. Uh, uh, and hopefully you'll see today that uh, with the appearance of the wise men and, and with their gifts, uh, that, that, that it, was, it was a very meaningful thing and, and an example for us on this first Sunday of, uh, of the new year, on Epiphany. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Uh, In the NIV, it goes this way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When they had called together all the, chiefs, uh, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them uh, 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 until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Uh, There were um, three young boys who were chosen to play the wise men in the uh, traditional church Christmas play, and... um, uh, when it came time for them to, to do their part, uh, they, they approached uh, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and the first one handed over his present, and his line was one word, gold, and he handed it to him. did a great job. The next one, uh, wearing that paper crown with foil on it, and, and uh, his father's bathrobe came up and said, myrrh, and uh, the last one, not to be outdone, came up and said, oh, and Frank sent this. <laughs> so thanks, Frank. <laughs> Um, they were close. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those are the three gifts of the wise men. Uh, maybe may seem a little odd, uh, but those gifts are actually very significant. They showed the wisdom of these men. They were wise men, and part of their wisdom was the choice of the gifts that they brought. Gold would have been a gift to give king. Incense was used by priests, and myrrh was used as a spice for embalming, signifying Jesus as a sacrifice. These, these men uh, seemed to have a sense that Jesus was the king. Uh, they, they seemed to recognize that he was and was going to be our high priest, and he was also at the same time going to be our sacrifice. Their gifts revealed their wisdom. But, but even before they gave those gifts... Uh, these, these wise men did something even more significant. It says uh, here in our text that they bowed down and worshipped him. We can, we can give God and those around us meaningful and significant gifts, and, and it's an awesome way to show our love and appreciation for, for each other and for God, but as we, as we step into this new year, I think we would do well to, to look at the example of these wise men, and not just look at the gifts that they gave, but, but look at the attitudes of their heart and, and recognize and find ways for us to worship how do we worship? When, when and how? What does that look like? I think the first thing we can see from the wise men example uh, is that we worship when we seek him. We worship when we seek him. 
The wise men were expecting Jesus. They were looking. They were looking to the heavens for a sign. They saw the star and, and they discovered why it was there and then they followed it, not just out of curiosity, but they, with the express intention of worshiping Jesus. Scholars have, uh, have, have made educated guesses for, for years where the wise men were from. There are almost as many theories as there are scholars, but most agree that they came a rather long distance. They, they probably traveled for at least a year. Uh, we see later on when King Herod got, uh, got all upset and, and tried to kill baby Jesus that he, he uh, uh, chose, based on when the wise men said they first saw the star, uh, that, that he... he um, went after the, uh, the boys that were two years old and under. So, so somewhere in the ballpark of two years or so, uh, the, these folks, uh, these, these men had, had traveled uh, since they had seen that star. Uh, they, they left their regular lives and maybe they had families, we don't know. Uh, when, when they got close, they asked around, they, they didn't just give up, and, but they asked around, where is this uh, person who was, who was born king of the Jews? And they, they, it was no simple trip, I guess is what I'm saying. It, it was an epic journey. They, they, they intend, it was an intentional thing. Uh, the point is that these guys put in a considerable amount of effort to finding and worshiping Jesus. And I wonder how much effort we put in to finding and worshiping Jesus. Do you go out of your way to find and worship Jesus? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. I mean, are you doing that? I'm not sure I always do that. I mean, I set aside time to spend with God each day, and, and usually that means a nice warm cup of coffee and a blanket, and maybe the fire's going, and the cat or the dog or both, and usually I have to wrestle one of them, or they wrestle each other. This is more information that you need to know, but what I'm saying is that it's pretty comfortable. I don't know that I'm, you know... Uh, it's not necessarily the same. I don't think I can equate it to a year or two journey, long journey uh, through, uh, through who knows what, uh, bearing gifts for, uh, for the king of kings. I, I mean, I know this is just a once-in-a-lifetime thing for these guys, and we're not going to do that every day, but, but are we going out of our way to worship and to find Jesus? Are we seeking him with all of our hearts, or are our hearts divided uh, scripture talks in, in several places about uh, having an undivided heart. That, that, that we need to not be focused on this and then this and then this and then, okay, religion or, or uh, faith, uh, spirituality is just part of it. But, but, but it's an, it's, spirituality should be all over all of it. Are we seeking him with all of our heart? How do we do that? Well, it's going to involve prayer, certainly, right? Uh, regular, daily, maybe multiple times a day uh, prayer. And not just asking God to do things for me or for those that I, that I know and love, for my family and friends. I, sometimes we, we kind of uh, boil down prayer to that. Okay, I, I prayed today, I asked for my stuff. That's not worship. Uh, we seek God as we worship him and we listen to him and we, we read his words and we ask him and we pray and we do that on a, a daily basis. 
multiple times. We're in constant contact with God. Maybe I think we say the word prayer and we, we get this picture in our mind of, of, of this. Okay, I'm going to go say my prayers or I'm going to you know, kneel before uh, my bed before I go to bed. And that's fine. That's great. But, but really, what, what, how do I find and worship Jesus? Well, I'm going to go out of my way to always stay in contact with him. It's going to involve prayer. It's, it's going to involve the Bible, obviously. Uh, God's word. Uh, that, it's, we, that's the churchy way to say it, I guess, right? Uh, God, through people, uh, over time, wrote his communication to us through many different ways, many different genres of literature and all of that, and it's all put into this book for us to find and read and understand and we're constant we're never going to fully understand and we're constantly going to dive into it and, and and if we're not i mean then then, then we're not going to know what god wants and we're not going to we're not seeking him with all of our hearts a, a, a huge part of seeking him with all of our heart is diving into into this book i, I don't know if if you uh, have a reading plan for the usually it's i, I would guess Probably, maybe second to joining a gym at this time of year uh, is uh, is starting a, a Bible reading plan. I've got to do that this year. I'm going to read through the the Bible twelve times this year, and we dive in, right? And we, um, I don't know if you have a plan or not. Or you, I would challenge you to take out your device. Maybe right, you probably already have it out, but you probably you're probably all uh, you lost all your lives on Candy Crush, so it's time for you now uh, to zone back in here. Uh, maybe you have the U version app on your phone, like I do. Um, it says Holy Bible right on it, and it says Bible underneath. And we go on there. Maybe you do this. Uh, it, uh, it, it, there are hundreds and maybe thousands, I don't know, I haven't counted, of Bible reading plans. Some of them last three days. Some of them are 10 days. Some of them are a month. Some of them are a year. Uh, some of them uh, make you read a whole bunch of stuff, and some of them it's just a little bit. Wherever you are in your walk with God, I'd challenge you to do that. Maybe you need to do that like right now. Like maybe it would be more important for you to, to sign up for a reading plan right now than to listen to what I'm saying. I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? I guess I can. But um, uh, do that. Figure out a way. Maybe, maybe the analog version is better for you and maybe you like to flip through the, uh, the, the, the pages whatever the case might be if we're seeking the Lord with all of our heart it's going to involve the word of God and if we're not diving into this book then we're, we're, we're not truly seeking after him because he's already told us I mean I've told you this before but so many times we pray about oh God what should I do what should I do and um I mean, there are so many principles that are right here that we don't even have to pray about. <laughs> if we know the principles that are contained in this book, it's going to guide our lives in a certain direction. That It's not going to tell you every, every aspect of what should I have for breakfast or should I take that job or not, but it's going to say, should I, should I avoid this sin or, or should I step into this uh, uh, godly pursuit? Uh, all those. We've got to spend time in his word. Seeking God with all of our hearts. Are we going out of, and it's not going to happen automatically. I mean, life will get in the way this year. We saw that video at the beginning of the service today, and I will, uh, you know, I basically be mediocre in my relationship with God. That's what will happen if we're not intentionally seeking after God with all of our hearts. If we're not intentionally going out of our way and making the effort, and the wise men are just one big example of that, a huge example of that, of going out of our way to find and to worship God. 
We've got to spend time in prayer and connection with God. We've got to spend time uh, looking into the Bible and, and into his word. Uh, another way that, that we do that is through, by using our gifts and, uh, and abilities for, uh, for use for, for God's kingdom. Matthew 25, uh, Jesus is talking and he says that when we serve others and meet their needs, Jesus is right there. It's like we're serving him. And, and so if we're going to know him more, we're going to be serving in his name. We're going to be using the gifts and abilities that he's given to us to, uh, to, and we're going to find him in the midst of those things we're going to seek after him with all of our hearts Uh, many many other other ways but I, I guess the challenge is go out of your way to find and worship Jesus these wise men didn't just sit at home and watch Netflix I'm not saying good bad or otherwise I'm just saying they were intentional about their relationship with God and they went out of their way to find Jesus and to worship him. Are we doing that? Are you doing that? Maybe, maybe some of you need to tune out the rest of this, this uh, talk, this sermon, and you need to spend some time focused inwardly and upwardly and say, how can I truly find and worship you this year? What, what do I need to be, how can I develop a plan? What, what, what can I rearrange in my life so that I have that, that uh, 10 minutes or that half hour in the mornings or at night or somewhere where I'm gonna be spending time intentionally with God, where, where I'm not gonna be missing church three out of four Sundays a month, where, where I'm intentionally focused on how I'm gonna serve and, and there are ways that I can, that I can uh, step into what God wants me to do and use my gifts and abilities for how Maybe that's your epiphany today, I, I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit judge, but I challenge for me, and I hope for you, is that you go out of your way to find and worship Jesus. We worship God when we seek him. Another thing the, uh, the wise men did was that they humbled themselves. We worship when we humble ourselves. Uh, worship involves seeing God for who he is. Uh, when we sense his holiness, oh, God is, is, is uh, so holy and so above us, and so uh, then, then we recognize how lowly we are, how humble, we are nothing. God is everything, and that's exactly what the wise men did. I mean, these were kings, these are noblemen, these are scholars, these are, these are scientists. I mean, they came uh, with, with, I mean, you get the impression they came into Jerusalem with great pomp and circumstance, and the whole city is kind of in a, uh, what in the world's going on here? And, and, uh, and yet, when they came, Came, the first thing that they did was that they bowed down before this young teenage peasant girl and her baby. I don't think we grasp that a whole lot when we look at the, uh, the, you know, the, the manger scene. They humbled themselves before the king of kings. They were in the presence of God, so they forgot everyone and everything and what it all looked like. They forgot their own status, their own achievements. They focused their attention on Jesus because nothing else matters. And I think in our spiritual lives, pride gets in the way, probably a lot more than we even think about. We're always, uh, a lot of times we're always putting it through the filter of, well, how does this affect me or how does this make me look? Or, uh, but pride is, is the root of sin. It's really, you know, selfishness. Sin is selfishness, looking out for my interests uh, and, and not for God's or, or others. Uh, Proverbs 3.34 says this though. God opposes the proud but gives grace or favor, shows favor to the humble. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the... I, 
I don't know about you, I'm just saying I probably want the favor of God in my life. <laughs> uh, so I, this says that I need to be humble if I want the favor of God. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I think I deserve. Uh, life isn't, isn't about those things. It's, it's when we humble ourselves that we truly find and worship Jesus. It says that God, actually, it's not just that God is indifferent, but uh, that God opposes the proud. Uh, I mean, you're not going to win that battle if God is opposing you. Uh, God opposes the, the, the proud. Uh, he's against, actively against people who are full of pride. I mean, there's a, there's a whole sermon, probably series, in, in that right there. Uh, I want God's favor. I don't want his opposition. If I'm going to step into what God wants for me, it's going to involve humility. Uh, J- James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So we need to humble ourselves. We need to forget about our plans. We forget about our pride. We, we forget about how we look to others and we, we submit our lives to Jesus. We, we worship when we humble ourselves. And another thing the wise men did was that they gave out of what they treasured. Uh, the, the, the verse there, verse 11 says, they opened their treasures and presented him with gold and, uh, and frankincense and myrrh. Those three gifts were were very precious. They were extravagant. They were lavish. I've already told you a little bit about the significance of each of those gifts, but but and we could go in depth in in each one of those things and what that meant. But right now, uh, I want us to simply notice that the wise men gave what they treasured. Jesus was more important to them than than their treasures, and and I think it's significant for us to recognize that worship costs us something. Love costs us something. Uh, we, we would give or do uh, almost anything for those that we love, right? Uh, uh, sacrifice is part of love. Uh, this Christmas, uh, you probably gave uh, gifts. Um, you know, maybe parents or grandparents, you, you were anticipating more what your kids or grandkids were going to open than, uh, than even what you were going to get because uh, you, were, you were giving uh, out of because you loved them. Uh, I mean, you could have saved that money. You, you could have probably, you know, spent it on yourself. Some of you, maybe with what you spent on them, could have gone on a couple of cruises and, uh, no, I'm just kidding, probably not. You could have spent it on your, but you didn't. Why? Because you loved them, because you wanted to uh, lavish them with gifts as an appreciation of who they are and because they are so precious to you, you wanted to extend your love and, and your favor uh, upon them. And I think that, correlates into our relationship with God. I'm not just talking about giving uh, in the offering, uh, but, but if, if we are truly worshiping God, it's going to cost us something. We could be talking about financially, I guess. It may, may, may cost you and in, in, uh, in, in you're spending your money differently because of your worship of God. Or it could cost you in your relationships. You, you, may, have, uh, you may say no to some relationships and yep, yes to others and, and uh, maybe distance yourself because of your worship of God. It may cost you a dream that you thought you could accomplish or, or wanted to accomplish in life, but you sense God leading in a different direction. It, it, it could cost you time time that you were going to spend here and now God is challenging you to spend it somewhere else if if God is most important in your life then then it will come then he will come ahead of everything anything and everything else uh, that comes along your devotion to God will cost you so and actually I guess uh, scripture says that it will cost us our lives um 
Paul says in, in Galatians 2 that, that he was crucified with Christ and he no longer lived, but Christ lived in him. Uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says that, that we're to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is our spiritual act of worship, that, that we worship God as we, as we give what we treasure. Ultimately, that's our life, that we're no longer in charge of our lives, but God is. And so we, we commit ourselves to him, we, we put our trust in him, and, and we seek after, after him, re- letting him live live life through us because we love God and because we worship him with all of our heart we give him what we treasure there's another gift that the uh, that the wise men gave that we haven't mentioned Um, they gave their presence see what I did there get it it wasn't me I read it somewhere else and I groaned and then I put it in the in the outline for you um Gave of their, in other words, they were there, they were present, they were, they were involved personally. Sharon James uh, is the author of a book celebrating a Christ-centered Christmas, and she tells this story in that book. She says, an African boy listened carefully to his missionary teacher explaining why Christians give presents to each other on Christmas Day. She said, the gift is an expression of our joy over the birth of Jesus and our friendship for each other. When Christmas Day came, uh, this same boy uh, came to the teacher and uh, brought her a gift, a, a seashell that was, that was just over-the-top beautiful. And the teacher was, was uh, taken back by, by this beautiful gift and, and she asked the student, well, where did you find such a beautiful shell? And, and, uh, and, and this, this young man told her about that there's only one place to, to find this shell and it's on the beach of a certain bay and she, he described where that bay was and many, many miles away from where they lived and, and she was speechless again and she said, well, it's gorgeous, it's wonderful, but you shouldn't have gone all that way just to get a gift for me. And he said, the long walk is part of the gift the long walk was part of the gift I think that's true in the story of the wise men their long walk their their physical presence there was was part of the gift of their worship they made an effort to be there. They, it took time. It took sacrifice. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient in any way. And, and, and that speaks to our relationship with God. It shouldn't just be this convenient, easy, make me feel kind of good, keep it over here on the side. But it should be extravagant and lavish and overwhelming. The long walk is part of the gift. And then I got to thinking not just about the wise men, but about Jesus and um, the distance that he traveled and the road that he walked so that we could have the possibility of, of worshiping him. I mean, he stepped out of heaven. He humbled himself so that he could identify with us, so that he could redeem us. It, the road that he traveled took him to a Roman cross and to a borrowed tomb. The, the long walk is part of the gift. And, and now that he has come to us, we can come to him. We can seek him. And, and, and as we read, when we seek him, we will find him when we seek him with all of our hearts. Bottom line, circle it, highlight it. Go out of your way to find and worship him. 
Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your gift of love, for your gift of life. We thank you for the extravagant love that you showed to us. Even in this moment, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for the times when we have not gone out of our way to worship you, when we have been too busy. Lord, I pray that in this moment as we experience your, your love and your grace and your forgiveness in our lives, as we, as we hold our lives out to you, Lord, I pray that, that, that your forgiveness and grace and your spirit will wash over us, that we can sense your presence, that we can be drawn to your side, that, that this moment, that these moments would, would just be a beginning of what you want to do in our lives as we seek you with all of our hearts. We commit ourselves to you fresh and new today. You've told us that your mercies are new every morning. You've promised to be with us. You've provided for us. And so, Lord, as we step into this day, as we step into this week, as we step into this new year, we step into uh, our, our commitment to you to let you move and work through us. Forgive us for the ways that we have let you down. Forgive us for our, for our sins the things that we've done and the things we've left undone. And as we, as we leave those things on the cross, Lord, we recognize that your grace is enough to forgive and to cleanse and to make new. And we step ahead in your grace and favor. Lord, I pray that, that you would help us to do what it takes, to plan ahead, to go out of our way, to find you and to worship you as we seek you with all of our hearts. It's in your name that we commit ourselves to you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.